Welcome to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Shane. I'm joined here by Jonathan Morrissey. Hello. And Owner Reardon. Hey, how's it going, Liam? Not so bad. And today we're here to talk about a little indie title, virtually unheard of, that we're all, you know, we all unearthed during 2020. It's called Super Mario 64. And I'm glad, I'm glad we're getting this one out early because I think it needs to be talked about. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think it, 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 I didn't like that. I, 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 like I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot to say about it. I'm sure one does. I do, um, but I think unlike you guys, I didn't divulge and purchase the uh, anniversary pack. So I actually haven't played it in quite a while. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. Well, that's it. There's, there's kind of a, two things about this. Like, obviously, it's, it's a an old classic, but it has back in September been re released on a kind of a infamous package by nintendo uh we'll get into that obviously that'll come up but um if you guys are okay with it i have some uh some data about the game before we get going is that cool hit us with those cold hard facts liam oh god i will you know i will so <laughs> so super mario 64 was released in 1996 if you fucking believe it was so old for the nintendo 64 uh why of course nintendo uh directed by and produced by shigeru miyamoto it is the first 3d mario game and it emphasized freedom of exploring in all three axes of space. Basically, one of the first big 3D games uh, working in um, a 3D environment. In 2004, it received a full remake as a launch title for the Nintendo DS, which featured new levels and new playable characters. And uh, I think it's often forgotten about, but that was a thing. Uh, other than that, um, the original version of the game was re-released on the Wii Virtual Console in 2006 with enhanced graphics. And more notably, like we just said, for the Switch last September as part of the Mario 3D All-Stars collection. Um, like I did before, I have taken um, reviews from this, from the past and the present. So back way back in 1996 on uh, the fucking fossil of a website that is IGN, that we all know, Doug Perry said, and he said, oh, he said this with such gusto, Nintendo 64's early flagship title demonstrates the power of the hardware as well as the creative genius of Miyamoto and team. Not only does the game obliterate every platformer before it in terms of visual finesse, it plays just as well, if not infinitely better, than previous 2D incarnations of the Mario franchise. Which is a, a bold claim from that is uh, a bold claim. Mr. Perry there. What, what, what <laughs> I, fuck, I forgot to take the number. Um, <laughs> It's all falling apart. No, no. And uh, I, this was quite easy this time because, uh, like I said, Mario 64 was released just last year. So there's tons of new reviews for it. I went to Polygon.com this time. Uh, Ross Frushtick said, if you can overcome some of the dated visuals, Mario 64 remains one of the greatest platforming games ever made. Far from just a museum piece, it's a challenging thrill to play, even alongside modern platformers directly inspired by it. So I took two positive reviews there, maybe because I want to... Like an agenda across. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see I, I would imagine that the majority of reviews <laughs> yeah. are quite positive. Yeah. I, well, yeah. For, for for the original release, I bet. But I bet you for the re-release in September, there's a lot of reviews out there that are kind of you know middle yeah. of the park kind of thing. Yeah. Come so so stuff. so like when you said already, like you haven't played this game in a long time, right? It's been a while. I would actually, I would think that. Uh, virtual console on Wii was probably the last yeah. time that I played it and it's actually great that you mentioned the DS release because I think that was my 
first interaction with that beautiful clamshell of a device of you in secondary <laughs> school bringing it into bringing it into school um, and actually uh, and actually showing it to me. Was that your first time with Mario sixty four or no. just just yeah no. that was yeah yeah for me as well like yeah. weirdly enough not to not to talk about the DS version all day but that was yeah I always think of Mario sixty four remake for the with that big grey DS and it was huge. I have very, very fond memories of, of Mario 64 and its initial release. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the three of us being from Ireland, I, re- I remember, because my father even spoke about it this Christmas when I was telling him about the, the stocks shortage for PlayStation 5 and, and uh, the Xbox Series X. Um, which he reminded me that stock shortages is absolutely nothing new um, because back in the day he tried to get his hands on a Nintendo 64 which he said was absolutely impossible and he was scouring the entire country uh, to try and get one because my brother at the time was a, a big console gamer and I was mainly on PC and I remember coming home uh, from school one day um, with him just sitting down in, in front of our beautiful CRT uh, playing Mario 64. And as I'm sure we'll get into, like we had never, and I had never seen anything like this before in my entire life to this degree. Yeah, it's it's one of those games, there's a few games in my childhood that, you know, whether they held up or not, doesn't, you know, we'll talk about that later. But seeing it for the first time, I was just like, oh my God, this is insane. And then, like, because I think it was the first game I played in 64 as well. So coupling that with the bizarre controller, this the whole thing it was just yeah, nintendo are very good at those uh, uh, having new consoles like for better or for worse just being like bizarre new experiences like they did it with the wii most famously but i think the n64 was similar like getting mario 64 for the n64 wasn't just playing the game it was just yeah like you said what am, what is this like i'd never used an analog stick before which you know people kind of forget um i actually yeah, that's, that's something i totally uh, totally totally forget and underestimate yeah. you know giving props to nintendo for was the time before an analog stick and it makes me think about a, a playstation one era without their dual analog sticks which that skinny like playstation controller yeah. just seems so bizarre to me now it's have you but used I that i know i don't want to go off track but I, I i just very recently used the ps1 controller out the so did i weird enough so did i yeah it's odd yeah. odd experience it's you incredibly know. light yeah, almost too light. It's I don't know. Full, full of magic, pixie dust. I think. <laughs> I remember um, uh, we got the N sixty four as a surprise present um, from our parents um, during one summer, and I remember like getting Mario sixty four with it and just playing it. And I'll go into this more in a while when we're like digging into the gameplay. But I remember just running around Peach's Castle, which is where the game begins, and just like not barely being able to use the the, the analog stick, but being incredibly excited and amazed by it. And then I remember going, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go tell my friend Pat that I've, I have this game. And I ran outside and I was like, okay, okay I gotta go find him. And uh, it turns out his cousin was visiting and his cousin was like, we're going to go climb trees, which is incredibly wholesome. And I kind of wish more of my youth was spent doing genuinely like Ian Blyton type wholesome stuff like that. But I was like, no, I got this thing. And I remember going, okay, I can't today. And just running home again. And since I've been gone, my brother has picked up the N64 and started playing Mario 64 and he'd figured out that you can jump into paintings and enter the levels, which I didn't when I was playing it. I could barely like control him. And I've never, like to this day, I've never been more blown away like by a game graphically than when I walked in and he's in like Bob on Battlefield. Like you look back you look back at it now and it's like aged N64, very simplistic graphics, but it was absolutely amazing. 
Yeah, but it, it's a you know going back you know going back to the analog piece, right? It's it's this thing that Nintendo does with every single console generation um, better than I think you know Sony and and Microsoft have done, which is you know the console and the controller um, and that initial launch release game really demonstrate what's new and what's novel about what's being released. You know, so like. During the development, what I love about the development of Mario 64 is like there was an initial year before the masters of level and gameplay design just worked on Mario's movement and how that actually felt within that 3D space. I think it's absolutely one of the main things that has to be talked about um, is that looking back at it now, even now, and keep saying we'll get to things, but we will get to like how it holds up now. It was light years ahead of its time in terms of them coming at the angle of this is a new way to play games. This is a 3D environments, 3D movement. I don't think there's any other game at, a, at its time that had such a thoughtful approach to movement and to just the kind of joy of exploration. Like I think there was like, we, we reviewed Metal Gear Solid and I think that almost went in a different direction. A lot of games on the PlayStation went in different directions where it was kind of like, let's um let's make games more cinematic. Let's, you know, let's do more things that are like, you know, movie-like, which is great. I don't mind that at all. I don't think anything really at the, at the time was like other than Shigeru Miyamoto was sitting down going, but why make this game 3D? What's the benefit of making a game 3D rather than 2D in terms of its core gameplay? And like you said, um, the whole the story is that, yeah, they were working on the game for a year without any levels or anything. He just had to get the joy of Mario's movement. And I think it shows, I think he's really, there's, there's a weight to him. His moves, movesets really malleable. He doesn't learn any new skills, but you can kind of get better at controlling him. And he's very acrobatic and slidey. And I think, I think they absolutely nailed that aspect of it. I think it's one of the greatest design achievements. Is if you go back to to ninety six, is there anything that you could even compare to at that time? Because like I know I, when we talk about, we talk about Mel Gear, we're saying about you know Mel Gear wasn't revolutionary, but it did do a lot of things we'd never seen before. But Mario, I literally cannot think of a single thing that would even. I could compare it to it, really, you know what you I mean? Know, you know what occurred to me? And uh, <laughs> the main difference is, I would say, this game aged a day later, while Mario 64 kind of was sort of ahead of its time, but Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider was yeah. very yeah. interested in the movement of Lara Croft and precisely setting her up for jumps. It's just that you, I, I, I would say Mario 64 is a mad playable now. Like, it was crazy ahead of its time, while Tomb Raider's, the, the original Tomb Raider is just like, nigh uncontrollable. Yeah. But like yes. in terms of in terms of like like in terms of that just that central design philosophy, I don't know. Tomb Raider is the only one that really comes to my mind from around that time that was really thinking and, about. And it, it, it's funny, right? Because you if you go back to you know what would have been the the you know platform mas- mascots at the time, um, Crash Bandicoot is potentially something similar, but working within design constraints of that original uh, controller, they you know it's almost like a, a hybrid of taking the tree. 3D models and moving it through a 2D space. Yeah. Once again, I, you know, it's 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 a testament to uh, Nintendo and, and Miyamoto that it's so much about the the actual um, core experience first that then shapes uh, yeah. the game. Very um, Miyamoto, yeah. Uh, incredibly Miyamoto, and is of course you know intro out uh, you know every single Zelda and every single Mario. And it's it's funny because I think Crash. I think Crash games on PS1 are excellent. I think they're very good. And I also think they're like very good in terms of they designed the game that would be best for their system. So it's a 3D platformer, but it, like you said, it's it's very, some levels are straight up 2D and 
you're you're not exploring or running around, you're running forward, and that's what you need for the PlayStation One controller. It's just that in the shadow of Mario sixty four, where it came out around the same time as that, it's just not. Well, nearly... Marcy, to your question, this might <laughs> blow your mind, but uh, oh, uh, hang on, I'm not ready. Go oh, yeah. Uh, ready. Don- Donkey Kong Country Three came out the same year as Mario sixty four. That's so funny. What? <laughs> Oh, in 1996 yeah it was one of it was like this one one of the big swan songs for for the the snes oh i might have to google that and decide while you talk about yourself <laughs> that's wild to me yeah i'm fairly certain that they were the same year that's so funny yeah, like, those, those, those games that get lost in the kind of they come yeah. out too late console generation or something that's that a great game 90, as well it is a very good game and it also makes 996 feet even further away now <laughs> you know what i mean because like uh, Mario- pokemon red and blue my friend oh come on that's, I think that raises God. a good that raises a good question about um, Mario sixty four as well in terms of how it's aged. Like a two D platformer like Donkey Kong Country three, just to use the perfect example we just brought up, that'll always have the finesse of the simplicity of its design. You, you, if you can make a, a character run left or right and design really good levels, you have, you know, you're you're flying it. Like, do you think the design philosophy for Mario sixty four has aged worse than a good two D platformer? That's a good question. I, I thought you, so. you you go on. Yeah, like, what I think is, uh, it's kind of down to the initial constraints that they were dealing with, with the actual platform itself. Um, In terms of, like, I think Mario 64 would have been absolutely, you know, radically um, different had they, like, you know, the N64 uh, additional memory card that had come out later. I think they would have, it would have been a lot more... Um, designed along the same lines as a 2D platformer, um, you think so? taking what they what they had before, yeah. But I, what what I mean by that, um, really, Liam, is like when you dig into each individual level, right? So I think part of part of the reason why I love it, but I also think it was an adaptation to the hardware they were working with, was you know you think of what came beforehand, which was Super Mario World, and Super Mario World had you know a massive amount of levels in that game. But what they had to do with uh, Super Mario 64 because of the platform and what they were, or the hardware and what they were designing it for was they could only do 15 actual assets for the levels, but then had to manipulate those levels um, around for, for, for different actual missions or, you know, different missions would be the main thing. Um, and I actually think, you know, and I think a testament to that really is seeing how Nintendo has somewhat changed their approach with their later Mario games that have kind of reverted back to that similar 2D structure in terms of kind of level design. Except for Odyssey recently, but yeah, before that, they were very much going back to just kind of and I, map and, I, and I think level. that's because people had a huge um, uh, nostalgia for Mario 64 and everyone wanted the Mario 64 remake. Um, what we got was Odyssey, which is superb in, 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 mm. in my mind. Um, yeah. But I think people wanted that like Mario 64 itch. Do you think we're, we're, we're all praised so far, you know, which is which is great. Because I, I am thinking back maybe to, to when I first played it. I don't think I played it when it first came out, maybe 96. So I think I got an N64, maybe 98. Because um, as I've mentioned before, I swapped it. I swapped to PS, PS1 for an N64. Well, the old um, days of bartering in Ireland, huh? That's how we all yeah. got our console. <laughs> I, I think I did it as a kid just for GoldenEye. I think when Mary yeah. came along with it, I was, I was super, super excited. But I remember um, as like a 10 or 11-year-old or whatever, struggling to 
to really embrace it and really get good at it. I found it a very frustrating game as a kid. And I, I remember that was mostly down to the camera uh, and the, the, the clumsiness to kind of, you know, really being able to, to see where you're going, what's happening here, getting stuck in areas where you couldn't see anything. Do, do we think even back then, what was the camera? Because I remember in some reviews, the camera was kind of seen negatively as well. Like, do we feel nostalgia is kind of, you know, maybe... But on the I don't, yeah. I don't feel enough nostalgia to praise the camera all that much. Uh, especially playing the game recently. But you have to remember as well, it was in 1996 kind of revolutionary. Mario was followed around by a little dude holding a camera. Yeah. Yeah. What's it it called again? Lakitu with a camera. That's because the game literally had to kind of convey to the player what was happening because the idea of a manipulatable camera wasn't a thing. Mario 64 did it first. In terms of like a first attempt, I think it's fantastic. I think it's really aged, though. It's really janky. Yeah. Um, you can tell, like, the, the N64 controller, everyone always says, how strange it is. I always thought, I don't know this for sure, but I always thought the reason it has three handles and a D-pad over the left and an analog stick in the middle was because they literally didn't look beyond Mario 64. They, they said, we're making this wild game that has full 3D movement with an analog stick, and we need a manipulatable camera, so we're going to put these awkward C buttons on. And if all the other developers who don't have our genius want to make anything else the player can hold the left thing with just a D-pad and they can play traditional games. But that ended, ended up not really happening much. I think Mario 64 was so ambitious that they designed the entire controller just to facilitate it. I think, like mo- like most things with that game, I think it's an amazing first attempt. But having played it recently, which we're obviously going to talk about, like that camera is wretched. It's, <laughs> it's really... <laughs> also, it makes a noise. Every time you move it, it goes... Whee! Which, you know, I forgot. I thought I remembered anything about that game. But uh, yeah, my my short answer is for the time it was outrageously good. But, you know, it's 20 plus years ago. Is there a moment you remember specifically from Mario 64 playing it back then that really sticks out to you? Oh, man. Easy. Absolutely easy. And that's (laughs) even, that's, no, but that's even, it's the splash screen. It's the, it's the 3D rendering of Mario's face. Yeah, like yeah. I, honest to God, like it, 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 it was so. It was just like this toy box that you're able to play with, and I just like remember spending just twenty minutes just pulling cheeks and pulling his nose and taking off his hat. And again, right, it's just like it's that's like everything that I personally love uh, about Nintendo and and the smarts and the I think the charm that they bring to games that you just don't get with uh, anyone else. Um, I and even, I, I, didn't, I, I remember being blown away. Yeah, I didn't even, didn't know even do that. It. I remember, yeah, I remember like weeks or even months later, I have no concept at the time, but my brother either found out or read it in a magazine. So I started doing it and I was like, what? Because Mario says, press start to play. So I pressed start to play. Yeah. I didn't know you could fuck around with plays. That was just like, <laughs> I thought it was this amazing video game secret. That's so cool. It feels like such a flex from Nintendo at the time, kind of saying that this is what we can do. You know what I mean? Really, really incredible. The game does feel like a flex, if if not for I, I just think '90s Nintendo wouldn't have been flexing that much. I just think they were generally trying to make like a a really revolutionary, wholesome game. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be as kind to like Nintendo these days, but um, I do. Think, I think I think that game was just a huge labor of love. That was just like a, and they were like, we want the immediacy of the kind of fun box of it. Let's be able to make you make the player play around in Mario's face. It's great. It's kind of it's, it's super wholesome. It's what we don't get enough of. Yeah, I was going to say it now. Yeah, we True. Don't, that doesn't happen anymore yeah. at all. 
even with Nintendo, I would say, and even with Mario. Yeah, man, it just like it just it oozed charm from the very beginning. You know, it's just I, like it, it's like when you get that rice. Uh, that ride just picks our mix as well, and you know you're in for a good ride, and it's just going to be like a next. It's something that's next level. It was just so confident, uh, even then. Yeah, yeah. And I think that 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 spreads to all facets of the game because to me, the music of Mario sixty four, even though like, I probably couldn't name any of the songs, it's just so, so noticeable, like and so memorable. Um, it's actually even one, one winged angel. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think Ramstein is not for that one. You know, um, you were just saying about favorite moments, and that ties in because I just have such a memory of the first water level. I think it's called Jolly Roger Bay, mm-hmm. and it just has this like beautiful music in it. And I just remember just absolutely falling in love with the game during that level. And it's a water level, which you know isn't usually anyone's favorite. And I almost think if you take out the music. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as kind of just like ethereal and wonderful, but it just was. I have such strong memories of playing that level for the first time, swimming down and finding the eel down there. Oh, that eel that, was that's massive. Like, he was terrifying. That's just eel. that's what the game's all about. It's it's kind of about exploration and discovery. Uh, in what what by today's standards are quite small levels, but they're packed with things to do. I think even today, the immediacy of the game offering you things is like still have a big selling point of it that a lot of games don't do these days just turning it on and playing two levels and getting like 10 stars or something like that you've just just get the bang for your buck in terms of the gameplay and the discovery and the exploration there's no map you're exploring these levels and you're like finding things that's kind of the big selling point it's funny because like you know you you mentioned something about that level right um and you know there's something that's definitely worth touching upon there because apart from maybe tomb raider at that time, there is no real other game that really captured um, the essence of swimming in a in a video game. You know, you're mm. going from a two a two D space to to really exploring this 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 underwater world, and how they again tie or tie gameplay mechanics into into Mario's uh, into Mario's health, um, indicating like how long he can actually hold his breath, and then giving coins a more substantial use than just collecting coins. Um, yeah, like yeah. that was totally, totally new at the time. And it's it's funny because replaying it last year, I kind of hated the swimming in it. That's awful. No, that's why I hate the eel. Um, but I, <laughs> that, that's so fascinating to me. There's so many parts of of that game that I didn't even really think of as being kind of the first in the scene uh, to to kind of do something. Um, but yeah, I, I did kind of, kind of slew of followers after it. Kind of, it was one of those games that just kind of branch outwards in terms of um, design influence. Well, that's, like, why, that's why I just sorry. I thought it's so odd that we never saw. And maybe I'm wrong here, but we never saw a sequel on the N64. No, I think that, I don't think that was for lack of trying, though. It was there's definitely like a, planned. It was definitely yeah, planned. There's no way it was. There's a kind of a famous Mario 64 sequel that apparently Shigeru Miyamoto, which was trying to get made for years, that never happened. It's kind of one of those people know bits of the story. I would count the sequel to Mario 64 as Sunshine for the GameCube, which was the uh, next console generation. And then Galaxy for the next console generation. So that kind of get like um, Galaxy as a sequel, but you kind of get one kind of three Mario game a generation. Yeah, there's no, there, there's just no, there's no way that uh, there wasn't a planned sequel for that. There just, I, I just, to this day, I would love to know the story, um, but we're obviously never going to get it because Nintendo's under lock and seal. Yeah, they don't give a shit about telling us anything. That would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
Wait, wait, so, so Sunshine so I suppose yeah. When did Sunshine come out? Early two thousands, like two thousand one, two thousand three, two thousand three or four? Three. Wow, that's a huge gap. Wow, was it that long? I don't remember being young and being that annoyed that they're not being a, another three D Mario. That's so interesting. Well don't worry, there was um two bad. Two thousand two, yeah. But don't worry. Don't worry, Pat John. Yeah, <laughs> I always I always think that rare like with Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong sixty four and stuff like that kind of fills the void of Mario sixty four sequel because like I said, if that game's influence, uh, yeah, and, and they, 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 some people straight up copied them, and that's not a slight against no, Banjo Kazooie. I love those games, but they were clearly just kind of like yeah, were, we'll make our it's no. again though it's a, it's you know it's the highest form of of compliment really because they took the best thing. Um, and the most revolutionary thing, which was movement. And if you think of the movement in Banjo-Kazooie, um, it just in terms of how Kazooie moves and how you can move him around a 3D space, you know, like it's a, it's a collect-a-thon. The aim of the game is to move really well and enjoy doing it. Yeah, I've spent far too much of my adult life um, comparing the pros and cons of Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie. And just, <laughs> just a brief aside that like, collecting things in Banjo-Kazooie and you learn new moves, it's, it's more about kind of a lock and key approach of, of navigating the world. You need this jump to get up this platform. Things that games weren't copying from Mario 64 was how malleable the control scheme was. Even to this day, you still have speedrunners play it because mm-hmm. you can kind of work it out on your own. And there's, like I said, there's no new moves to learn. Your, your Mario is, he has the skills he has at the beginning of the game, he has the end of the game. So it's about you, the player, improving as you go along, which happens naturally as you finish the game. But if you go revisit the game, like some people have just gotten incredibly good at it. I think it's quite masochistic to get that good at Mario 64 because as much as I love it, it can be a frustrating game to play. Yeah. But, um, when you Thinking back about it now and knowing you know what you know about 64 and the games that came out, where, where does it rank for you and okay, the, the best N64 games? Did you have it as number one or... Yeah, I, I think yeah. No, do you know what? If I was if I was ranking it with my head, it, it is yes, but it, it's not my favorite N sixty four game though. Wow, I put it number what two. Have, um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even make my top three. Which I know yeah, creepers, creepers. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm in the will same we, boat. Will we change this? Will we change this podcast name to Top Three N sixty four Games by Jonathan Morrissey? <laughs> Can I guess? Can I have a guess? Spoiler alert! Yeah, go. On. Yeah, guess away. Yeah, you you won't get it, but but go for it. Golden Eye. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that's in there. That's uh, in. I, I don't know. I don't know the the actual what's number one. I'll be honest. Blast Corpse. Oh, brilliant! Is it Blast Corpse? No, <laughs> should, <laughs> maybe, maybe it should be. No, 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 no. That's just a Golden Eye retread, right? Is it? Is it one of the Zeldas? I don't really follow uh, Zelda that much. Or Karina would be in there for me, yeah. Yeah, but okay. it, yeah, it definitely would. Be. But there's one you you maybe might not get that, like okay. to me, just for some reason, no. I guarantee you, okay, it is it is the it's the N64 game that I definitely lent you on numerous occasions, developed by Rockstar Games, Body Harvest. God, that was so bad. <laughs> oh, I remember playing that on the tiny TV. I like playing it for hours. I mean, like, I still don't know what this game is about. It was, no so it, was yeah, it was so empty. It was so empty. I'll put you out of your misery. Uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Oh, Conquer. Yeah. That was a huge game for me. And it's, it's, when I think of platformers around the time as well, it, that pops into my head as well. And how bad the control system was if I remember correctly for for Conquer and any kind of platforming pieces. Um, yeah, Conquer like 
God, we should talk about that sometime on a on a on one of these. But Conquer gets by more on its um its charm and its reverence. Yeah. And just the mad ideas it's good at. Like if you whittle it down to its gameplay, it's quite average. But it doesn't matter because it's held up by a fucking how amazing that game is. A true something hidden gem. Something that's a staple of all Mario games, and I controversially might you know uh, put this out there, but like, does it actually have the least memorable power ups? Yeah. Well, can you remember what the power-ups are right now? Yeah, what, what what are the... There's, are the yeah, three of them. They, there's, there's three, three of them. There's the wing cap, there's the metal cap, and there's the the translucent cap or the vanish cap or whatever. That's right, yeah. God, I'm going to go out there and go against all the, the, the crowds of Sunshine fans out there and say Sunshine has less memorable power-ups. Nozzle that makes you go up, nozzle that makes you go forward. And they're like they're wor- they're worse than one that makes you metal. I don't know. Yeah, about that. that open that opens up new gameplay possibilities, and it's only and it's used sparingly. You have to use these weights to walk to walk wind or I think it's cool. Also, Metal Mario is like iconic these days. Well, iconic in my blog. I don't know. <laughs> more, more, more iconic than Cat Mario. Oh dear. That was another thing. Actually, replaying it. Um, the flying is really annoying as well. It's actually worse than the swimming. The flying is really hard. Oh, I, I hate I, it. I, I commend them for trying to like almost use kind of you, you need kind of velocity, you need to build up velocity and but um yeah, there's a bit when you unlock the flying and you have to collect eight coins in the sky and I was like, Whoa, how did I do this when I was a kid? This is really hard. <laughs> More patience. So I do, do, do we want to overtly talk about replaying it on the Switch recently? That's what I was just literally. Tell me about it. Yeah, tell me yeah. about it. Like, as in, you know, obviously, you know, offline we spoke about this about like Nintendo doing this, this huge thing of like, what you've been asking for is coming. We're re-releasing. Well, Sunshine was the key nugget in that package because everyone wanted it, and I, for one, wanted my full remake of Sunshine. Um, you know, Mario sixty four being uh, included, sweetened the deal. Um, I didn't pick it up. It's going Can off I- sale soon. I'm pretty sure in March or something. Oh, okay. Yep. Am I right about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a sale. Wow. Tell me why I should get this or why I shouldn't get it. Um, you shouldn't. I think <gasps> is the. No, Liam. The whole idea of this was that you could say he should. <laughs> and I would say he shouldn't. What have you done? No, I can't. I can recommend those games till the cows come home. A 3D collection, I'm sorry, a collection of three Mario games, uh, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy, is absolutely worth owning. Those are three, those are two incredible games and a very good one, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's just like, well, it's a lazy collection, I think, is what it boils down to. Is, is that, because like, I have loads of reasons why I wouldn't recommend it, but is that enough for you, Liam, to, to say to someone, <laughs> no, don't, don't get it, because it's lazy, or... Okay, well, let's let's, let's like let's list through it. Like, I I remember I bought it. I bought it like day one, and my excuse was it was twenty twenty, and you know I just wanted a treat. But I I would have probably bought it any year to be honest. If I'm yeah, if I can be honest anywhere, it's on this podcast. God damn it! But um, because I love those three games, and even though I own them already, I wanted to I wanted to own my collection. But just to go through the list of reasons that Nintendo are kind of fucking shitty doing this, um, there's a. They're 60, 60 quid, which it shouldn't be there for here in Ireland, sorry. Um, full price. Which is, it's like a hundred, I'm not joking, Liam, it's about a hundred Canadian dollars to buy that. Yeah, that it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a serious drop of yeah, cash. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it, it's full price. It's limited, so they they built up a fervor about people trying to get copies of it. 
and it was for Mario's 35th birthday. They wanted to make it a um, limited edition, which is which they can kind of fuck off. Um, and the main one is like I'm not expecting a remake of Mario 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy, which would be wonderful, but but there's no nothing changed, nothing at all. They just put them onto a, a cartridge and sold them. And they didn't, I was reading online, they didn't even um, get the original codes for the games. They're emulators. They're ROMs of their own games that Nintendo just used. Ah, you serious? That's shocking. And the the weird thing about these games is like, um, which is a cool thing, but a bad thing for this collection is that they were each designed for their consoles. So each of them are slightly worse on the Switch, which is a shame. Like well, like I remember, and yeah, I remember sorry. it's it's the same, and it's a great point, Liam, and you bring it to mind. It's the same as the analog stick with Mario sixty four. It's the adaptive or the pressure triggers for uh, the GameCube were intrinsically used with Sunshine. Yeah. So how really as it, it, you know not to push away too much from Mario sixty four, but like on a Sunshine level, as you are not selling me this package, how does that <laughs> work in terms of water pressure? You don't have very well. You don't yeah. have any water pressure. You have to let go of the button and kind of keep pressing it to kind of spurt water rather than do it. That pressure. is garbage. And I, I actually, I'd never played uh, Sunshine originally. So I was playing it and I was like, God, this is really a weird mechanic. I'm struggling with it. I was Googling it. And then it came out that, yeah, it, it was changed. Man, mm-hmm. they're not remasters. They really are just very poor ports of three amazing games. And like what bothers me is we're saying three amazing games. We should be saying four. I, I'll never really, maybe it's a good reason, but why wasn't the second Galaxy, Galaxy included? 100%. Because yeah. yeah. to, me, to me, that is so, that and Odyssey are so, like, they're almost one on one, like, for me, as, as the best Mario games ever made. There's no good reason, rather than just being a bit tired arsed about it. Like, there's, other than Odyssey, there's four 3D Mario games, and they decided to do a collection with three of them. There's no good reason I can find that, um, um, Odyssey 2 wasn't, or sorry, um, Galaxy 2 wasn't included. I've heard um, speculation that it was because the um, Switch couldn't do precise enough motion controls mm. for like the mechanics that are in Galaxy 2, but I played Galaxy 1 on the Switch in this collection, and it's actually, I think it's the one that is actually plays the best out of the three of them. It's so, it works surprise. I didn't, like, it's not quite as much on, on handheld. It's fine, but actually playing it on TV with two Joy-Cons, it's not quite, but almost as good as the Switch. Or oh, sorry, as good as the Wii, so I don't think there's any good reason why they didn't put Galaxy 2 into it, just because so, they didn't want to. So, you know, a, a question for both of you then, in terms of what updates you would have liked to ha- have seen in the in the remaster or remake, you know, but what are they? Well, I think the one we probably both say is, uh, the graphics aren't everything, but would it be nice if they'd made some attempt at a remaster? I, I, like actually I'm not updating the visuals drastically because I don't want it to lose it lose the art style, but just having it as a game that's more presentable on the Switch. That was like there's almost, like, yeah, there's almost a part of me that would like would prefer to just work on new things rather than kind of um, updating the assets of Mario 64. I actually think the camera is the main thing. If they redid the camera and it made it for an analog stick and had it like full 3D camera, you would have easily the best version of Mario 64. On, on market and it would have been it would have been amazing and i don't know how difficult that would be to do but the fact is like nintendo didn't either because they didn't try to do anything with the with the collection so i didn't even try i think that's the main one out of, of three games i think it's such a missed opportunity i don't even mind the graphics that much i think it's such a missed opportunity to have 
Mario 64 would improve would improve coverage, which I genuinely believe would be in 2020 even 2021 an absolute masterpiece. Without with with the with the existing camera, it's I think one of the best games ever made with this huge kind of thing, a huge caveat. I have to tell people, you know, careful with that yeah. camera. And I think as time goes on, that that will detract from it more and more. Because I I remember messaging Liam or I think maybe what was one of you anyway when I was first booted it up and just. Uh, first realized that they hadn't updated the camera at all and still having <laughs> still having to hear the it's it was pretty like i felt i didn't feel robbed i wouldn't say that because there still are three great games i finished 64 loved it um you know can't wait to get into galaxy next probably but i also i also just felt the lack of content as well there could have been so much more stuff included with them um i don't know i don't know was, was there any dlc released for any of those three games i'm sure there was was that included no there was nothing Actually, ever released no. for those three games no. what about no, the, on, on the ds on the ds version there was mini games that they included yeah they could have put those on yeah. oh they didn't no <laughs> lazy sons of bitches there's nothing it's it's really bizarre even when you boot it up when you boot it up it, it's even a strange experience where it just brings you to the three games in this kind of very lazily poor made kind of selection screen. We're almost like selecting a character in like Street Fighter or something. It just, I don't know, man. I, I half imagine that the splash screen for N64 half comes up and then they're like, oh shit, we forgot it. And it just wipes off the screen <laughs> with the way you're describing it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I almost want to throw Nintendo a bone because maybe it was because of um, COVID and, you know, they've publicly said that they've struggled because of it. Um, with the changes working at home and stuff like that. Um, but they do this kind of stuff so often that I'm just kind of like, nah, they were, they were just, and the fact that they made a limited edition and didn't include galaxy two and stuff like that. I just think they were, this is a quick way to get some bucks, which they, which they absolutely got. And that's what it is. Cause from what I know, that collection is very similarly into, to where met the Metroid collection sits right now for switch, which is it's done. Apparently, it's sitting there, and apparently the the Mario uh, collection was just sitting there for ages as well. And they're just looking for gaps in their financial calendar just yeah. to make a, to get something out there for market share. And the thing is, the thing sold like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, pre- yeah. I, I think me and you both pre-ordered him. Like, and I, yeah. if, if if they announce Super Mario Galaxy Two is coming, and they literally go, "Hey John, we've done the same thing. We've done fuck all." <laughs> <laughs> but you can now play the Switch. I'm like, well, I have to pre-order, right? Away. Uh, yeah, no, I'll write about it. I'll write about it on the internet. How, how, what a bad job they did, and spend my money on it all the same. Yeah, and it after, yeah. Because like, I think, I think there's a very big gulf between Nintendo develop the develop the game developer and Nintendo, like the the company. And it's just, it's, it. The fact is that these games are amazing and seminal, and I genuinely love playing them. So they'll get me with these kind of things. Do you, do Nintendo because both of you folks think of maybe more knowledge about Nintendo than I do? Do they have a history of poor of poor ports? Because the only other one that springs to mind for me was was Ocarina and the 3DS, which I like. I literally turned I on a few weeks ago, and it's still amazing. So, what, yeah, what do you think? The Zelda remakes were definitely way more interesting. There was one for there's Majora's Mask and the Ocarina, and Ocarina on the 3DS, and then Wind Waker and um, Twilight Princess for the Wii U. Yeah, they were. There was actually a lot of effort put into those ones. Um, yeah, especially Wind Waker. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they actually listened to you know the biggest grievance that people had, and they you know addressed it head on. You know, and it was one. Of, I in in my opinion, it's one of the the few times that they've actually done that. 
you know they've and, and it wasn't probably easy for them and they were releasing it on a console that to be honest even at that time you know was a sinking ship doesn't do mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Marcy what kind of kind of sums up for those is that like if you if you go online and look what Zelda fans are saying just kind of debates about the changes made in those games whether they're good and whether they're bad I think that kind of shows if nothing else that at least Nintendo did make changes and they tried new things for me I would say if you're you haven't played any of those four games I would wholeheartedly recommend each of the remakes I think they're all improvements just different things to weigh if you ever talk about Zelda sometime maybe we can get into that I think Majora's Mask is one of the most interesting ones because I think it's pound for pound the best remake, but it does some things that are like wor- inherently worse than the N64 version, which is really annoying. But um, it's not day. It's, I, I would say, I think the most frustrating thing, Marcy, is that they're inconsistent. Yeah. It's like, you know, they'll release, and I, you know, I, uh, no, they weren't similar enough time frames, but like they release this Mario collection at a hundred, you know, Canadian dollars for you and I. And then a couple of months later, earlier, I forget which is which, they release a ground-up remake of um, Not A Link To The Past. Uh, my God. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, I played it. A Link Between Worlds. <sighs> a Link Between Worlds. Is that what it's called? Well, I feel like I didn't get that title right. Liam. Is Liam. What is it, Liam? I, no, what <laughs> remake? What remake did they release? For Zelda? Yeah, Link's, the, no, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Oh, Link's Awakening. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. And, yeah, you know, and that's, what, that's what's super annoying. It's, uh, like, it's not that they're good or bad. It's that they're super inconsistent in, in their approach. You know, So a ground-up Link's Awakening, and literally ground-up, so much so that it struggles to run on Switch because of its, you know, it's yeah, a gorgeous yeah. game that's to this. Yeah, I was going to say, because I remember when it came out, it had a bunch of issues around it as well. Um, so is it a thing where, because we're, we're, I know we, we talked about nostalgia last, especially this year, because I'm also thinking of, you know, PlayStation did, you know, their their mini PlayStation console, you know, a couple of years back with the classics, and that was absolutely fucking terrible as well. Like, is it, are they just, they're just pumping out remasters just for us to buy them, I suppose, just ASAP. Like, is there another game that pops to your mind in Nintendo that you'd love a remaster of? So I was moving away from Mario, but I kind of at this point I just want more new games rather than remasters. But it is interesting that you, like like Owen said there, I think the the Metroid Prime tr- trilogy are just sitting there. They'd be great on Switch. I have no idea what. Like, they're definitely just waiting because Metroid Prime Four got delayed. They're definitely just waiting it to be closer to that game so that they can get kind of um, extra push for it by releasing the trilogy beforehand. But it's not generally generally not a thing that I'm kind of waiting for though, uh, Marcy. I'm not waiting, like, oh, which one of their old games will they remake? Like, I recently played for the first time the NES uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, um, and I hated it. Like, it was definitely, it was <laughs> it was interesting to go back and play a game, but I just, hand to God, did not enjoy it. And I was kind of left thinking, oh, my God, there's so many ways they could, like, re-release this and improve it. And then I thought, or they could just make a new game. You know, I don't really need to see the best version of this game that Nintendo can make. But you know for a fact that what's going to happen is on mario's 50th anniversary we're going to get a ground up remake of mario 64 and then in that's going to be the fin- in 15 years we're going to have yeah. the definitive version of mario 64 in 15 years for his 50th birthday because guess what that's what everyone asked for we were asking for it now but we're going to get it for in 15 <laughs> years for but we're old and cynical and you know slowly decaying what do you think of the gang- <laughs> what do you think of the angle that um 
game, like it's good that old games are at least available for people to discover. I don't think this is the best way to do it, releasing them for full price in, in a limited edition collection. But I, I'm kind of glad that if a young gamer, because when I was young and getting into games, I was dying to play games that came out before I was born or whatever games that came out. And I was young to play them or consoles I didn't have. Yeah, I'm so playing someone, Final I, Fantasy VIII on my Switch literally right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's good that people can play Mario 64 because I think it is one of those games that has to be played. I don't, I, I'm not going to gatekeep gaming. I'm not saying you're not a gamer if you haven't played Mario 64, but I think if you're interested in game design, it's one of the ones you have to at least play for a little bit. So I'm happy it's available, even well, though it isn't, because it's gone, yeah. gone on Mario I, I have strong opinions on that because I think, yeah, it is absolutely great. It's fantastic. Like, Right now, uh, my partner is like kind of got into video gaming a few years ago with The Witcher, and is now playing through his crazy back catalog of games that she just like looks at the story of and goes, "Yeah, I want to play that." Playing Mass Effect One right now. Um, oh, but like, uh, yeah, she should yeah. wait for the remaster, Marcy. It's coming out in two yeah, months. So, so that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> uh, what bothers me is I think of all the companies that that do remasters and do ports, I think Nintendo do it worst. I think they 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 show their they show their ugly side a lot when they do it because oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like charging full price side is absolutely criminal it's awful even the Final Fantasy eight you're replaying on Switch right now and I remember it was I went to, I was going to go buy it and I saw it. it's like still twenty bucks or something yeah when I, I never I I literally wait till that stuff is eighty percent off or whatever that yeah. game has full um, HD um, it's redone it's very nice yeah but I, I just think if you compare them to I don't want to go down to PC gaming and Steam and stuff like that but I just think Nintendo are the least make it the least accessible um, to, to re- replay all games. How, yeah. how I you know, and this might be you know not everyone's cup of tea, right? Is you know I'm sick of paying Nintendo again and again and again for the same classic game, right? So it's either one I pay it once off and you give it to me, or alternatively, as part of their um, virtual console setup. Just have it for me there, and then on the storefront, give me whatever remakes are there. So you know, I'm paying five bucks a month, nine bucks a month, whatever it is for for uh, access to the SNES and the NES classic games. Give me the originals there with potential you know multiplayer updates that they do every now and again, just to uh, um, entice people to get back into it. Um, but you know, don't go charging me on the store five dollars for you know that classical game i'll pay it on it monthly but give me the the remake that's how I, personally that's how i would do it. It, it, it yeah what's really annoying about them is that they're like more so than anyone because they've been around for donkeys they're they're sitting on this treasure trove of games and they're being so kind of spiteful about handing them out like i think it's weird that in the wii u and wii era we had these robust virtual consoles and you could buy all these games but now in the switch era we have nes and super nintendo games i wanted to play during lockdown I wanted to play a Game Boy game and I couldn't. It just feels so strange that in like modern age, I go on, I go my fancy new Nintendo console and not be able to find a Game Boy game on it. Like why? What's the point of withholding this stuff? You know, because they don't have to, because they know, yeah, that's it. That's it, it. Which, which is why it sucks. Right. And it's why they're a company that I don't know. I, it's, I have such a love hate relationship with them because it's so many amazing games into the years, but they're a company at the end of the day, I just don't have much respect for in 2021 anymore because for, for them, making the most amount of money and like i mean really because they all do it obviously um like sony microsoft a whole lot but they just seem to try and squeeze everything so it's completely dry like i think they they gotta pay for that theme park marcy (laughs) (laughs) i think i agree with you and i i I 
I have the opinion, this is not ironclad, it's just my opinion, that, you know, pound for pound, they are the best maker of video games. I think on, on a good day, no one makes video games better than Nintendo. And for years, I kind of held them up as kind of like the doddery old man of the video game industry. Like, oh, Nintendo's so old, they don't really know how online works or shit online. But yeah, in recent years, they're not coming across that way. They're coming across as very tight and very mean. But Nintendo have a history of being tight and mean when they're on top. They were kind of like that in the Super Nintendo era as well. They were very kind of, um, yeah, not uh, uh, anti-consumer almost. Would be yeah, the, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, as, yeah. as much as I love love Nintendo, and, you know, I think you and me, Liam, for sure have probably owned every, like, as in, since the NES anyway, have had our hands on every Nintendo console. Marcy, I don't know oh, if you I had wish. the Wii U. No, I never the week because I remember asking you on you know on to this thing of that's oh, great, man, you know. But and then after the but, there was like way too many things. Yeah. Like, oh, Check Mar- out this zombie you, Marcy. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, what's really cool about the Wii U, Marcy, is that when when uh, <laughs> Mario 3D Land comes out next month, when it comes out next month, everything good on the Wii U is going to be on the Switch. Like they've literally purged it from existence. But there are some gems on the Wii U. You know, my point my point actually was it's like they've they've i think they've always been incredibly anti-consumer and and um to the current day where where they were banning twitch and youtube streamers from from that's showcasing their games yeah. and that's being that's and you know I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing i don't know if it's a corporation thing but that is being very very out of touch with a, a reality and with how consumers consume media right now. You, you don't get to dictate your fan base. You know, you don't get to control how they are entertained by your entertainment. And Nintendo seems to think they can, and it's coming across as very mean-spirited. It's kind of turning a lot of people rightly against them. There's a huge competitive scene for Nintendo games, especially for Smash Brothers. Like, I wouldn't know much about this, but um, they always feel very kind of hard done by Nintendo. It just really doesn't care about them. Now there's more to get into about that fucking um, that scene. But... Um, yeah, Nintendo. I think Nintendo want to dictate what kind of company they are and how we enjoy their games, um, and it doesn't suit this day and age at all. Where you know. they're the apple of the fucking video game industry, man. Where they just they you, they, you yeah, have Nintendo make good things. Oh, you know I'm recording this podcast through an Apple computer. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Everything in front of me is made of Apple. I'm responsible. Uh, sat- well. Satellite to shop. Oh, and there's also uh, Mario Run on, uh, and Shigeru Miyamoto debuted on Apple's iOS stage at one stage. Uh, the connection is apt. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Mario 64 just for for a second. So. Uh, talking about the, the the version of Switch, and this might be a hot take, it might not. I uh, went back and just tried the DS version uh, again, just to see uh, in preparation for this. <laughs> the 3DS version is a DS version is better than the Switch version. I'm I pretty think. sure that they ported the DS version though. They didn't. The they DS didn't. version. No, they, no, it has like yeah. the Wii Mario and Yoshi's Playable characters at extra levels. Um, yeah. I disagree. So much I, more. I, I disagree, and I actually think even though that game added more things, it's inherently worse than the original Mario 64. So I kind of, I think there's nothing stopping them from porting it. They can have both. There's no reason to go. They have to choose which Mario 64 game to port. I prefer the the OG one definitely, um, but it would be nice to play the three. Oh, sorry, the DS one on a console with an analog stick because the DS didn't have yeah. one. Yeah, 
Yeah. The control scheme in that is is awful. It's terrible. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. Did you guys actually, you know, I remember this being like, almost like a mythological being back in the day. Um, Because, no, but it almost was, right? There was always uh, the rumor, and I remember because, you know, it was before we were um, really troweling the internet for all of our information. Um, But the rumor going around that Yoshi was in Mario 64. He, he, was the, he was the mythological being on top of the castle. He is did you? Did you, yeah, is. but did you ever? Did you ever? Because I didn't actually get the 120 stars. No. Yeah. 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 Leave that shit. Leave it several I times. I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm going to be that guy and just like, well, like, you haven't finished the game unless you get 120. And the thing is, a lot of the stars are quite annoying, so I understand people not getting them, but no, when I was a kid, I like anytime I replayed Mario 64, I gotta get 120 stars. You gotta go did up. You get, did you get Liam and maybe, yeah, I think it's you, did you get all the moons in Odyssey as well? No, I didn't. I got a lot of them, but I actually didn't 100% Odyssey. I think that game is close to perfect, and it's one of the like, best games ever, and we should talk about that sometime, but um, I did kind of come to a point where it was just starting to feel like work, so I put that game down. I wasn't really well, enjoying collecting anymore. Yeah, I I remember Mario 64 was, I think I probably got around 60, maybe to 70 stars. Um, and you need did, 70 to finish it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so that, that might be right yeah. then. Cause I, and then I'm guessing, because I know what I did, I committed what you might think is a cardinal sin. <laughs> uh, if you remember Game in Inside in Town on Cruiser Street, back in those good old days, um, mm-hmm. I went and bought a, a guide for it. Um, That's okay, I have no problem with guides. It was just nostalgic for his book. The yeah. person who berates you for not getting 120 stars and then turns it around. No, no. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Some of those stars are kind of unnecessarily difficult to, to get. Not even just um, technically, like, you know, doing the platforming. Some of them are just like, where is a star? Yeah, you know, yeah. You got, you got to shoot Mario, get, shoot Mario out of a cannon at a particular piece of wall is one of the early ones. That like I don't know how I figured that out. Yeah, I don't know how I figured that out when I was a kid. I don't know, man. For for Odyssey, my my problem was that there there's moons there that you just there, there's no way you could know. Like there's no way yeah, you could know there's a moon there and if you I make agree. an action the mistake. But I think in France to Mario sixty four, I don't think it ever got to those level th- those levels or those lengths. But I I think it's because of it less stars, right? Yeah, well, Odyssey has so many moons that they I think they can they can afford to do both. The really weird ones that you have to either like be talking to someone to figure it out or read it online or the ones that are just really easy to get. Well, Mario 64, I think there's six stars per level. Seven, maybe. can't remember off the top of my head why you can get a star for 100 coins. Um, yeah, but I feel I, like in, in Odyssey, they, like on the moon front, they kind of screwed the pooch a bit by including too many and it took out that sense of magic. Um, like I'd be getting, I'd be getting moons for just messing around and unintentionally getting something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I think yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think it suits the, the switch, which, you know, came out, Odyssey came out the end of the year, the switch came out. I think what's really good about Odyssey and it's very much carrying the same philosophy as 64, like 20 years earlier is that you can pick up Odyssey for half an hour and your time spent with it is earned just because that's there's right. so many things to discover in that level. Or like you can just binge it for seven hours and it's seven hours of constant tactile almost gameplay a gameplay loop i love odyssey maybe we should talk about odyssey today i think it's brilliant i think it, and i think it's the only mario game that i prefer over 64 just kind of at this juncture to reiterate 
despite all my misgivings about it. I thought you were huge. Yeah, I thought you were a huge galaxy. Yeah, yeah, that's there as well. There's a lot of room in my heart. I replayed. I 100%. I got 120 shines in Sunshine last September, and um, just to talk about Sunshine briefly, if you don't mind, um, it's the worst. We did. Yeah, it's the worst of the three games. We don't like games. It's really charismatic, though. It has like a sense of place that no other Mario game has. But I really wish I didn't 100 it because it absolutely kills my goodwill towards like I hadn't done it since it came out in the GameCube. It's so unpolished for a Nintendo game. So frustrating and yeah, but it's unfinished, isn't it? Like, isn't that famously known that it's like it was one it was rushed and two it was unfinished? It definitely feels rushed. I don't know if unfinished. It definitely feels rushed. But I do, I do enjoy that game. I have a lot of time for it. I think it sticks out in the in that collection, stuck in between sixty four and Galaxy, which are far better games. But I do have great love for it though, and I, I enjoyed going back to it. I kind of wish I just finished it rather than getting all the shines because oh my god, it was an absolute nightmare. It does not deserve to be on the same cartridge or digital download. It'll go along with that. Yeah. It'll go along with it's that. it's yeah. so out of place. I, I think so. And I, then Odyssey to me, Odyssey is I th- Odyssey. I think is the best game that's coming from the Switch so far. And it mm-hmm. could be one of the best games Nintendo ever made. Like I think it's actually I'm going to completely go back again what I just said. Breath of the Wild is a superior course. game. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, like we're we're so we're so down on Nintendo in this podcast, rightfully so. Um, I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. So from an optimistic point of view, then Liam, what the like, it's, what is and this is totally out there because Nintendo at the end of the day are a crazy toy company, right? Mm-hmm. What is the next massive leap forward for Mario? I don't know. I actually think in the same way of Galaxy, I think they could do a sequel to Odyssey that doesn't really um, doesn't really change it up. Um, Galaxy, I, I still remember when Galaxy 2 was announced and there was like parts of the, the fan base that were very angry, like usually when a 3D Mario comes out, it's brand new. Why are they, they're, they're reiterating what they already did? But Galaxy 2 was better in Galaxy 1 just because it was... You know the mechanics were in place, mm-hmm. the, the the engine was in place. What they they just said about designing levels, and it just ended up like not much better, but it is the better game. I've kind of wanted another Odyssey in that vein because I think there's there's room for that. But if you're asking me like what the next kind of proper 3D Mario game, I'm just not the right person. I'm not, I'm not a designer in Nintendo. I can't guess the things they come up with because I was I was about to say there was like we were down, we're down on Nintendo. I look back quite fondly to Nintendo 2017, just in terms of like the Switch's launch, which I really liked, but the one-two punch of um, Breath of the Wild and in March and Mario Odyssey in like November, I think it was, was on. Pre- it was like for a company that's so old, they were just absolutely on top of the game. Two of the two, be- two of the best games they ever made. And it's just kind of just a shame. I'm just like I actually remember being drunk one time and like calling my girlfriend we were we were apart at time and uh, getting emotional i was just like my god nintendo is such a good year i love odyssey <laughs> <laughs> i love breath of the wild <laughs> these days i'm very cynical about them i'm very cynical she's she absolutely the right partner for you it was actually the wrong <laughs> number Marcy, which was, yeah, it was, uh, it was <laughs> me um, which is it's just so funny because what you paint a lot of the time is one of nintendo's greatest strengths is all these kind of these fantastic games that you know, I said Nintendo or Mario come out brand new, each kind of console version. For someone like myself who didn't get into Nintendo until they were much older, that used to annoy me about Nintendo. That when I was buying a console, I was always taking the risk of basically not getting new new titles, like net new, brand new games. 
uh, new stories, new characters, everything. Mm. And that's the kind of winds me up to t- today. Like I, I know whenever we get you know the Switch Pro or whatever comes after the Switch, we'll get our Mario game, we'll get our Zelda game, Super Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely okay with that perspective. I think when the quality of the games are so good, it definitely helps. I've always said when I was growing up, like I couldn't just own a Nintendo console because, you know, yeah, I'd get my Mario's, my Zelda's and my whatever, Metroid. But what about everything else? But I could also not own a Nintendo console. Nintendo for me are the ones that have the games that are worth buying consoles for. And I think, I think like Nintendo right. also, like they have the statistics behind that, that per household that owns in a, like, for gamers, the probably eighty percent of well, eighty percent might be high, but the majority of you know hardcore gamers have a Nintendo console as a secondary console, yeah. Um, and then the majority of Nintendo consoles are sold to a potential like just an evergreen audience. Like you know, during COVID in the states, you can't get a goddamn Switch because grannies are playing uh, Animal Crossing. But isn't that the funny thing about Nintendo? It, it, it's your secondary console. Like, I, I for maybe it's just a group of friends I had growing up. Or maybe you guys can prove me wrong. Would you ever go over to someone's house and they would just have a Nintendo console? It was your group like of friends that. growing up, Marcy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah true. true you, yeah. <laughs> but like, I actually, the PlayStation, like to go back to the Mario 64's era, in terms of things that people owned, the PlayStation was just so much more everywhere than the N64 world. I had an Nintendo 64 and I loved it. But you'd be hard pressed to find many people who had an N64, I think. PlayStation, everyone had it. And then I think, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And then I think with Nintendo, I think that's only really happened. Well, actually, it's probably happened with the Switch as well, to be fair. A lot of people have a Switch now. But I think the Wii, the Wii just was in every household in the, on the planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, remember I, don't that think, the... I don't think there's been a console, sorry, I don't think there's been a console in history that's ever gathered more dust on people's shelves than the Wii. And I really love the Wii, but I think that was a kind of buy this, play Wii Sports. I don't think there was a lot of people out there playing Skyward Sword and whatever, you know? I think that's, like, people, like, you, you look at the numbers for how much the Wii sold. Was I saying Wii or Switch? I mean Wii, anyway. Wii. And, uh, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I think I think when people buy a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, I think they play it a lot. I think there's a lot of people out there whose their Nintendo consoles gather dust. Even even Nintendo fans in between the big Nintendo games, but I think a lot of people who aren't Nintendo fans, they might get it because it looks really cool, seems really fun, but gathers dust yeah well what i was going to say was like it, w- it was pretty famous around the ps2 area era that i think per capita ireland during the ps2 area era had sold more um playstation 2s than any other country in the world or at least in wow. europe yeah um because we got i don't know if you remember the advert that we got we got a specific uh irish ps2 advert towards the end of its life cycle which was like very rare for uh, a market the size of Ireland, which probably you know, you're looking at potentially four point five five million population yeah. at that time. Super, fr- super rare. Yeah, yeah. Super, super rare. And Liam's right with the like in terms of the the Wii. The Wii was put into nursing homes. You know, the Wii was put into it was a, it was a children's plaything that was hot for for five minutes. It was a VTech toy. You know, it was played for Wii Sports and then it was it was put away. And also it was like, you know, they, they went the super cheap route with that. Like, don't forget how cheap the Wii was Yeah, coming out. Like, But then that's my point then, because I, I, for me, that does that not go against Nintendo coming across as a console for hardcore gamers? When I look at the Wii, I look at the Wii U and even the Switch, really. 
it, it speaks to that kind of thing you just said, like where they're really aimed at younger kids, um, families maybe is a better way of putting it, and not like for these amazing well-known games, these kind of core gaming experiences. You know what I mean? Uh, but just the amount of classics over the years on all those consoles you mentioned that came from Nintendo, though, I couldn't couldn't have a PlayStation 2 and be looking at people playing Wind Waker or Metroid Prime or something like that. You know, I'd have to get the GameCube. Well, like, the, Wii, the Wii, for what it was, had Mario Galaxy in it, one, easily one of the best games ever made. I think Nintendo, yeah. just, by, uh, just by proof of their game design, uh, just always showed themselves as being essential to me. And I, I don't really agree that they're made for younger games. I think they, they are made for everyone, and that includes younger people. But they're just so good at making video games. But it's going back to this, you know, it's going back to this Apple thing, right? It's, you know, you consider that the GameCube at the time was the, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain it was the most powerful uh, piece of hardware for that generation. Yeah, which is in weird. terms of in it, terms yeah. of graphical powers, it was weird. the it, yeah it was the most powerful of that generation, and then they went the route of you know we need to try something new here, which is you know the motion gimmick. They found that the wider you know they sold a bajillion of those Wii's. Because remember the, the GameCube wasn't doing well as well. They like they came back from the brink with the Wii. Like it was exactly. a huge success. Like, yeah, GameCube. I think uh, I could. Be, I'm probably totally wrong, but I maybe 24 mil it sold maybe which is wow. you know compared to to like the ps4 which is like 120 mil for its lifetime they tried to course correct by coming out with the shitty wii u which was okay we're gonna ca- <laughs> oh. we're gonna capture the we're, we're gonna maintain the the motion um of the wii but we're also gonna try and capture that hardcore audience um by having you know a normal controller that you can play with um and we're going to bring in some ea games ported from the playstation 3 Mm -hmm. and it just failed miserably because it wasn't it was one it wasn't powerful enough but two it was either neither here nor there in terms of what it wanted to be and the marketing of it was like it was two years into its its lifespan and people like didn't know what it was like they called it the wii u is it a peripheral for the wii like what is this? Like people didn't know what it was. They like they didn't advertise it. It was definitely I like it. I think there's some cool games on it, but um, I remember being very regretful that I got it at launch. And then, going, oh. yeah, and they yeah. totally, you know, they completely capitalized then when it came to the Switch on the massive boom in independent games. Yeah, and you know, Nintendo supporting independent games and making having the Switch as the portable destination and the best place to play independent games that don't need a 55-inch television, 4K OLED to play something. It's like I buy all of my independent games so I can play them portably on my Switch. Yeah, me too. And I do Good my point. Nintendo games. And then I, I play my Last of Us, you know, with the lights off, with noise-canceling headphones and the biggest TV possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Owen, yeah. Owen, do you think that it... Do you think the Switch succeeded from just a general failure of the Wii U? Do you think they learned so many lessons that, you know, with round two... They could make the switch. The um, I think the switch succeeded purely based on the marketing of the switch noise of the click. It is like crack. It is fantastic. It, 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 no, and Marcy is it is like crack. And I remember like they they just captured the inter the internet at a beautiful time just by going viral. One again, it's like what the hell is this thing? Two, my favorite thing was. Uh, before Karen was uh, associated with 
you know, aggravated assault. Um, I believe there was a switch Karen who was going around to people's houses just playing her switch. Um, and she oh, yeah. and she became she became viral. Yeah. I I honestly, Liam, I I, I truly believe one uh, uh, Zelda always always plays a massive role. But you know, we can't overestimate that. Like Zelda isn't as big as it is. It's not as huge to the mass, masses as a GTA no. or a Call of Duty. No, 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 not even close. But it's you know, I think it was the perfect combination of. Uh, everything Nintendo has been working towards in terms of its blue ocean strategy of you can't get a switch at launch, which is standard. Um, you could get a Wii U at launch. So they played the perfect blue ocean strategy and making just enough available. They launched with a, a brand new Zelda that wasn't cross generational. I don't think that yeah, it, it was, it was launch, on the Wii U too. But did it launch cross generationally? Maybe not. I don't think it launched. Um, and it had this um, out-of-the-box uh, novelty that just made sense. So it's like, I remember bringing it to the office and being like people being like, oh, there's two, like, there's two controllers on it? Oh, this just makes sense. But the biggest thing with the, with the Wii U was, and again, it, was, it came down to a marketing and communication piece, was, oh, well, do I need the Wii controllers? Is this the controller? Oh, like... They, you just didn't know what you needed. So it was the perfect combination of everything. And th- that's such a great point. But the one thing I, I am tuning in there is, again, is it, is it kind of Nintendo and just the nostalgia and us just having a foundational love for them? The Nintendo Switch launch was did not go well. Like, I'm not it sure did, if, you, if you... No, oh, it I, did. I, I, I literally just did a bunch of research about this just before the podcast. Um, it, it got a huge amount of flack uh, for the huge percentage of consoles that were sent back. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, had, yes. Remember, yeah. it had it had huge mm-hmm. hardware hardware issues, and the only reason I know that is my cousin had a Switch, um, that had like something like, I think eleven dead pixels in it, and was unplayable. So yeah, and it, it didn't obviously hinder it, which again shows you that yeah, or as you only said, the actual strategy they had was completely, uh, completely tied down, definitely bang on. But again, it's just funny. We, we kind of with Nintendo, especially, we kind of forget these little things. And they get these little passes that other. I don't want to talk about cyberpunk, but other companies and other studios don't get. But with Nintendo, we kind of go, oh, but they made all these great games back in the day. So, yeah, it's okay if I pay $100 for a poor port. Do you know what I mean? I, well, I have two Switches in my house at the moment, mine and my girlfriend's, and we have to pick and choose which Joy-Cons we use. Two, so two, I, of them, yeah. two of them are drifting. But I always one, one compliment I'd always like wholeheartedly throw at Nintendo was that their hardware was solid. I still have my child in Nintendo 64 and my GameCube working absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, like you said, the Switch wasn't really that. It's that funny though thing. because like, yeah. it was the first in my mind. It was after the absolutely atrocious plastic disaster that was the Wii U, which you know I still love to a small degree. The Switch was the first. I remember taking that out of the box and saying to myself, "This feels premium." <laughs> and uh, no, but, and and which is so unusual for Nintendo. Um, and I, it, it brought me back to I know you and I, Marcy, spending our day, our weekends uh, in Dixon's downtown in Limerick City, going back and forth looking at, P- at PSPs and Vitas. And I remember oh just saying to myself, "I'm like, wow, like this is like Nintendo catching up to Sony because Sony, in my mind, was ahead of its time with its with its portable." Um, and again, right, just didn't do anything 
right, to be honest. Didn't have the games. <laughs> but like it felt like the Switch felt like a premium device, which was so unusual for Nintendo. And that's so interesting because I, I, I would say the opposite. And this is why we're, we do these podcasts, right? Because I remember, I do remember actually, right? I remember taking out the actual console going, this is, wow, it feels solid. The screen looks amazing. Uh, it just feels nice in the hand. And then I remember putting it in uh, the dock and going, oh, this is the biggest piece of plastic shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and after three times taking it out, I, I have, and I still have it today, a scratch, a scratch screen. So it was the kind of thing really? where, yeah, and it, that, that I remember being so disappointed because the Switch was, I think I dropped like $650 to, to, to pick that up. Um, yeah, you're right. Incredible. Love that bit of hardware, but then just cheaping out as much as they could uh, on the dock. Yeah, that, that was all. I always found that really hard. In, in all fairness, it, does make, it doesn't make any sense that it's not integrated into the console itself with a HDMI. That makes no sense. Yeah. 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 And then th- let's not even talk about the, the idea that the charging cable is at the bottom. I don't even want to talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the little things, isn't it? That re- that's really bizarre to me as well. But um, not really counting 2020, which was a strange year um, for, for everyone. But I see your Animal Crossing for, um, for Nintendo and the Switch. Yeah. For 2017, 2018, 2019, my perspective on the Switch was that I remember back when the Wii came out, it was this huge success. I, I think I think it's brilliant. There's a lot of love about it. I remember being feeling abandoned by Nintendo. I feel like oh, they've got their their mainstream um, audience now, and where are the cool Nintendo games coming out? Why am I watching E3 and they're showing off Wii music or whatever or Wii Fit, which we know these things to talk about. How I really did feel for the first three years of the Switch that. They got it both. They did it both. Like it's this big mainstream success, and it also has the best library of games on Nintendo console I'd ever played. Like Owen said, indie games like up to a zoo, but also just the, the quality of their first party, their Mario's and their Zelda's. The kind of the Smash Brothers that everyone wanted, like the dream Smash Brothers game came out for it. I just think they were like. I, I think it's a wonderful console. But Nintendo of the last kind of year has kind of made me waver on it a little bit. Yeah, and it's had some great third-party releases as well, like some of the ports. Yeah, had, and I know you guys didn't play them, but like The Witcher and Skyrim port, I sunk disgusting amounts of hours. Oh man, that, so. I, cool. I played Doom. That's how I first played Doom. Really? Mm. Yeah, and I was like, I was shocked. Granted, having played Doom uh, Eternal on my Xbox, like there's obviously no comparison. Especially for especially for that sort of game, um, but I was genuinely impressed. I think I think they won this. I don't know, if, you know the generation war that I already put as much of a thing now. But I think, but they're kind of out of flux in the generations now, aren't they? Yeah, the Switch is kind of its own thing because the PS5 and the Xbox One dropped this year. No, so what do you do? Do you, do you at, at this point do you take your biggest property, um, which uh, to be honest isn't a 3D Mario platformer? I think the one game that we ha- we haven't got yet that people keep forgetting about is we have not got Mario Kart 9. No, true. Yeah. It was a poor. We yeah. got a poor, which of, yeah. in my personal opinion, the best Mario Kart game ever created. We have not yeah. received Mario Kart 9. That is bad, oh, actually. Right. Four years later. Will, will we at this stage? I'm guessing we won't. Or like if there's a Switch Pro, that's when they'll both drop. I don't know. It's a... It, it's funny, right? Because you know it's in development. Like you just know, like with Nintendo, with all of these companies, you know from the minute that game releases, they're they're they take their weeks holiday, and then they're on to development for the next one. Um, of all the games, 
Like I know Animal Crossing uh, was a very tranquil experience and a relaxing experience for a lot of people Came during the right COVID. time as well. It was kind of accidental, yeah. perfect time for it to come out. But could you even imagine the bedlam that would have happened for Mario Kart during COVID? I know. <laughs> I know. And like you know, we we t- you know we talked about like in terms of how much games sell and how much like a Zelda sells and a Mario sells. Nothing smell our spells ourselves like Mario Kart. <laughs> Nothing smells. Yeah, you're right. Mario Kart, right. Wii, Mario Kart Wii is like yeah. one of the best selling games of all time. You get a popular Nintendo console that hits its um, mainstream audience, and you release a Mario Kart for it. And that's like the, the biggest selling fucking thing ever. But Mario Kart Wii is port. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just an aside, we should do a whole podcast about this, but ranking the Mario Kart games. Mario Kart Wii, although mad popular, is my least favorite Mario Kart game I've ever played. Double that. Um, a, because I'm not good at it. B, just not good at it. Stop <laughs> <laughs> driving with the wheel, dude. No, I just find it. Yeah, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully Nintendo will get us. Like this, this ended up being much more us discussing how Nintendo were annoying us recently, but I think it's good. <laughs> I think you, you can't talk about Mario in such detail without talking about what, how Nintendo have changed over the years. Exactly. It's, it's so integral into how any modern game, to be honest, any 3D game is being made today that it's only natural that you're going to end up talking about everything and the evolution. Uh, I think to sum, sum up my opinion on it, just really quick, is I think 64 is one of the most important the best piece of game design ever made. But it's quite old now. I don't always want old games to be the best thing ever. It's good that they're not, you know, because it shows that, you know, things have moved forward and things have been lear- uh, learned from it. But I playing it last year, I do think it's still very good, though. It's a shame about that camera. <laughs> also, Luigi's better than Mario. What? Uh, well, hang on now. I just, hang on now. <laughs> I just, okay, I just we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. save that for another discussion. Okay. Another day. Yeah, good. I'll sit. I'll sit down again. Um, I'm not really standing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Liam, any word? Any words of wisdom from your Mario Mario knowledge to to send us on our way? Yeah, you said you're gonna have top ten quotes from Mario for us, so I can't wait to hear this. Do you know what? Actually, like joking aside, do you know what I do really like? Oh, because uh, I finished it recently. He says, "Thank you so much for playing my game. That's awesome." You don't hear Geralt. You, you don't hear Geralt of Rivia thanking you for playing his game. And that, I think. You actually do. <laughs> you, you actually do. That's so funny you bring that up. That at the no. very end of the final bit of DLC, Geralt does this crazy little monologue. It's about six minutes long, where he tank, tanks the fan base for playing the Witcher games. Well, you're right. We can't leave this in. No, we can't because <laughs> the, the, the Italian racism that was peppered throughout. No. Will we leave it there, friends? Thank you so much for joining us on this discussion that ended up being more about Nintendo than Mario 64. But it was very entertaining, very illuminating. Yeah, we'll be back again with a, another game. But I don't think we know what we're going to be doing yet. Any I think it's Luigi. I think we decided we're just talking about Luigi for an hour the and a half. The year of Luigi. Not even a game. Just Luigi the character. Wow, amazing. Well, thanks for having us, Liam. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone.